You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you, the proud face said, that I must eat this pie? This podcast is brought to you by House Snowpocalypse. Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the Piecast. This is episode 23, The Hedge Knight, and I'm Rachel. I'm Megan. And I'm Jess. So it's a happy 2015 to us. Welcome back, guys. Happy 2015, Yay. everybody. Long time no listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our, some of our fans are probably like, are they still podcasting? Yes, we you know, are. There's always those po- we are still podcasting. There was those podcasts you like listen to and you're really into, and then they just stop, and you're like waiting for the new episode, and you realize, or you binge watch. Anybody binge like listen to a podcast and they just stop. I was like, what happened yeah. to you guys? <laughs> we're like, we're like a 2015 present come to you from the middle of Storm Juno. It's <laughs> a very funny name. <laughs> All I think is of Ellen Page pregnant. <laughs> Same here. All you need oh, is like God. Michael, Sarah, <laughs> and Jennifer Garner. Oh yeah, right. She's in that movie too. Of course, you would know that, Megan. Of course, she is my girl. Uh, so yeah, we have a new podcast format. There is only three of us on this podcast, and that's because from now on, uh, our non-episode recap for season five. Uh, themed episodes will only feature a few of us not all of us at the same time we're hoping that will give us a little bit more time to get into things uh let us know if you like it or not um and i have news it's been a year since the trivia tourney that we all did how crazy is that i can't believe that i can't believe it's already been a year i'm getting old our reign has been unchallenged for a year i feel like that's a pretty good a pretty good run well, I don't know if I will, I'd do well if we did it again this year. I'm a little rusty. That's probably why I liked reading The Hedge Knight for this podcast. I was like, oh, I, I forgot about I I had to use the wiki a lot, let's just say, for like House Targaryen. Yeah. Yeah. All those freaking Targaryens. I kept looking at things like, who's the son of who? And he's a cousin or is he the brother? I don't. Uh. And they all have the same color the, hair, so it doesn't help. Yeah, for the longest time, I thought, like, Maker was the king, and then I realized, oh, wait, he's not yet. And I was, like, so confused. I'm like, uncle, cousins. Yeah, so the wiki was used a lot yeah. for this. So if I, I don't know anything, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I know Egg. <laughs> well, we don't have Jenny on this one. She's our encyclopedia. Yeah. Yeah, I keep getting... um. Valor, Valar, and uh, Arian mixed up. They're the same guy to me. I was like, wait, what horse is what color? I thought I had found a horse that changed color, but it was just a different guy's horse. Oh, Baylor is, Baylor's son is Valar. Yeah. That, yeah. That's how he, and it took me a real long time to figure that out. Like, when, <laughs> towards the end of it, I, I was pretty good. And I read the graphic novel of this, so there were pictures to help. <laughs> <laughs> so, did we all read the graphic novel version of this, or are you one of you read... The I've read both short story. I've I read the actual short story. Yeah, I've done both. I've only read the graphic novel, so it'll be interesting. Like our different takes on it. I I need, I need pictures. 
I think pictures would have helped me. It definitely would have helped me because, again, there's a lot of Targaryens, especially in the battle. I was drawing little dots and saying, okay, these people are over here fighting and these people are over here fighting. Yeah, it really, it really I don't know. I, I liked it a lot to have the pictures there. All right, well, let's get into this. So we're going to be talking about the Hedge Knight, uh, which is the first of the three existing Dunkin' Egg stories. Um. And we'll start traditionally. Uh, what kind of fray do you give this? We have Rhaegar to choose from, or Jared, the guy in the middle, or Simon, the crappy fray. Jess, I'm going to actually give this a Rhaegar. Uh, out of all three of them, the Hedgehog is probably my favorite of the Duncan Egg short stories. And I was trying to think like what I love about like the Hedge Knight more than the other ones, and um, I guess it's focused. I guess from one person's perspective, and I feel like this is a great jumping off point for anybody who like wants to enter Westeros but doesn't want all the complexity of like a Song of Ice and Fire. The Hedge Knight is is a great like jumping off point into that, and I also love that it, it's kind of like childish, like it's a, it's a not juvenile, but like I guess it's a a teenager or like a kid could read this and get into Westeros. It doesn't have all that like darkness and killing, and <laughs> you know it's kind of like a nice like like a nice story yeah, only one horse is killed horribly yeah there's no <laughs> whores in it though they you know it's it's there's no like there is a naked in this is naked dunk so so there's like, gratuitous <laughs> male nudity but no yeah <laughs> it's like a shot of him under the tree like naked <laughs> i was like, okay <laughs> there's there's my entrance point back into westeros no but i really i really love it i love the dynamic between uh egg and dunk and their relationship and we'll talk about it later when we get into A Song of Ice and Fire, like the connections to that. It really, I guess it adds on to it. Like they mention characters in A Song of Ice and Fire and they're just names on the page. But, you know, after reading this, they become like characters and real people and you kind of feel nostalgic for them in a way, weirdly. So, yeah, a Rhaegar for me. And for Megan? I'm also going to give it a Rhaegar. I don't want to skip too far ahead just in case we do podcast for the other two, but it is my favorite of the three Dunkin' Egg stories that have been released so far. And I just think it's a great introduction to Egg and Dunk and just in to the, what the world was like before Robert's Rebellion and before we got into Song of Ice and Fire. So I reiterate what Jess says, and yeah, Rhaegar for me. Yeah, I'm going to shock you and give it a Rhaegar as well. I... I love these books. Well, novellas. They're so like nice. I, like what Jess was saying, they, the, the problems in them seem a little bit more simplified. Um, and that's because there's less people and we're looking at it all from just one point of view. But it really helps me get a handle on the later stories because I'm looking at something from the point of view of 100 years before. Um, and you get to see how the players were set up before the mess that is uh, A Song of Ice and Fire. And that's really interesting to me. So one of the things that I really loved about the Hedge Knight was Ser Arlen. And I know he's not actually a real character because we start off uh, with him being dead and with Dunk burying his body in the rain, which is just like so sad sack. It's it's amazing. Um, but I... I he is a character that comes back again and again because Dunk is always thinking of him and always what Sir Arlen would do and what he taught him. And he's one of the few uh, examples that we get in A Song of Ice and Fire in its universe of like a really good, decent man who was kind of a good father figure. What do you guys, do you agree? Well, I think so. Like, doesn't he, he rescues Dunk from like Flea Bottom. It sounds like he was like, 
Dunk was is like we don't get like I guess Dunk's origin besides the fact that he grew up in Flea Bottom. He kind of like took him under his wing, this person who really had nothing, and like molded it into like a a, a good guy. Uh, this knight eventually, like he saw potential in Dunk. You know, I really like Sir Arlen. He instilled in him like what a knight should be. You know, in the traditional sense of what a knight should be, like protecting the weak. And I love his um. His conversation he has how hedge knights are like the the truest knights because they don't fight for any one house they fight for you know the innocent and like you can see that dunk yeah. uses that throughout his life obviously later on in the story when he like saves that um woman from the prince so yeah i definitely like sir arlen for instilling those like true knightly values into sir duncan yeah totally and I don't know why he was in King's Landing at that at that point in his life. Maybe he was traveling there, but Dunk was there because he was an orphan. And maybe he was a little tall for his age back when he was, what, like eight or nine years old. But to think that, that Sarah Arlen took him for no other reason than, you know, than seeing a good kid doing something decent and saying, yes, that's going to be my squire. That's really interesting to me. I, I really like it. And I think it, it he maybe maybe this is too on the nose, but he's very much a representation of the crest that he uses, you know, the chalice with the wings that is full of hope and rising above. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Rising above your station. Yeah. And he does that for dunk. Maybe not for himself, but he does it for dunk. I was going to, wasn't going to say, does he come from any specific house or he also came from like simple beginnings? Um, you know, I don't, I'd have to look it up, but I, I always thought that Sarah Arlen was just a hedge knight made by another hedge knight. Yeah, so maybe it's like this brotherhood, like maybe he came from like similar, you know, beginnings and maybe that's why he saw something in Dunk. No, I just, interesting. I wish we had like more of his backstory. I don't know if we get it in the later books. I haven't read them in a while, but and he seems like an interesting character himself, Sir Arlen. Yeah. Like he has all the he they have these nice horses and he takes like really good care of them and Rachel you probably I love that <laughs> I know I was, I appreciate so much how nice they are to those horses. <laughs> There's so many dead horses and horses ridden to death in these books and we have Sweetfoot and Thunder and uh, Chestnut and those horses have a good life. Yeah, and Egg's love for them too. And Egg, when one of the horses dies, he's like really sad for it. Hmm. Um, I guess what I'll talk about, we can, we can, we don't have to go in order, right? No. I guess I love, I love Egg. Egg's one of my favorite characters who's not in the, like, Mina Song of Ice and Fire series, but he has such a, he was so important to so many different characters. It's just nice to see this guy who, you know, was eventually going to become king and going to do great things, like, in his beginning, you know, and seeing, like, how you could even see from the beginning, like, this this kid is going to be, like, a great king. He's going to do great things for the realm. And, you know, he's, like, one of the Targaryens. I don't know, like, so many of them are assholes. <laughs> and, like, you do not, you don't get that from Egg, you know. He seems like a genuinely, like, nice guy. And, you know, even, like, with, with, with Sir Duncan, like, he sees potential in him, too, and, like, wanted to ride with him because his brother is, like, a loser. <laughs> just leaves him behind <laughs> yeah so like I don't know I just I just love Egg I love his spiciness I love I love how he like mingles with the small folk he's like that prince and you know prince in hiding sort of and I really dig yeah, that well it's very traditional it's very traditional his his I'm a highborn prince but I'm posing as this 
you know, that, I mean, we see that in fantasy all the time. Someone with a noble heritage mm-hmm. who has a very humble beginning and, and like Egg knows who he is, but nobody else does. So he gets treated like just like any other crappy squire. But yeah, I love his like his feistiness where Dunkle says something and then he'll be like, well, I could if I wanted. Yeah. And, I'll, <laughs> and Doug not even realizing I'll clot you in your ear. Like I forgot like that. That's like that line he says all the time over and over to Egg. And I just love their mm-hmm. I just love their relationship. You know, because there's there's that like that high born, low born dynamic, but there's also like that older brother, younger brother one too. You know, mm-hmm. and you know what they're gonna become. Like you know, he's gonna be like the 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 Lord Commander of the King's Guard. You know, he's gonna be the King of Westeros one day. So it's nice to see their beginnings and then see where they go from there and all the fun adventures they go on. You know, and like I I love Egg a lot. I wish there was more of him in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think what we're seeing is that a Targaryen isn't necessarily a terrible person. Like maybe they are mad, some of them from the beginning. But if they have a good teacher and someone to model themselves on that isn't shitty, then they couldn't be a good person. I mean, there are good Targaryens. um, And we could argue about whether or not Danny is one of those good Targaryens. But I don't know. I think there's potential in Egg to be a shithead, especially because he you can see that he has some brattier tendencies and he just does things without without telling anybody or he lies a lot. Um, but Dunk is there to kind of smack it out of him, as it were, even though I don't think he ever hits him for real. <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I don't think he does. <laughs> but Egg is also like the fourth son. So you might be like a cry for attention, you know? Maybe a little bit of that. He can get away with it because nobody notices him because there's, like, more important people. Like, Aegon the Unlikely, that's his nickname, right? So, like, nobody's paying attention to Aegon, the, the things he gets up to, which is probably why he's able to get away with it. But they have some shitty people, like, their secret service to let, like, the egg just disappear and Darien and not know where they are. Oh, that's so... I still don't really get that. I'm like, so you're letting two princes of the realm just wander around with no guards by themselves and one of them is generally so inebriated he can't remain conscious? (laughs) (laughs) That's a plan? Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. Like, where are these guys? Like, they just let them wander away. Like, we walked away from our, like, our our guards. I'm like, well, you need better guards. Like, anybody can just rob. Like, once Dunk was really, like, a kidnapper and, like, held, like, poor Egg for ransom. And he wasn't this nice guy. I never really thought about that, but you're totally right. I don't know. Because there must have been someone. I'm reading it, and I'm like, why is he like? How did? How does nobody know that like Egg is gone? And I'm assuming Egg put on like a an accent, you know, to hide his like highborn voice. I don't know. Did he? Because sometimes he says things. Well, because how would Dunk not realize he's highborn? You know, you could tell if somebody is like from the streets or something, especially like Egg. Um, about their relationship, I love when, um, I don't know if it's, it's in the actual, like, short story when Duncan and Egg are talking, he's like, we're both from King's Land, and, like, we do have stuff in common, he's like, yeah, but you're from, <laughs> you know, the Red Keep, and I'm from Fleet Bottom, and Egg's like, they're not that far away, and I was just like, aww. <laughs> I, 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 does Egg know, I think, but... I don't know, I got teary-eyed for that, that part. He's ideal, they're still, they're still both young enough to be ideal, like, I mean, what, Dunk is only 16 or 17 at the beginning of this, and Egg is mm-hmm. 8 or 9. Yeah, but I love I, I the first love... view we get of Egg, where he's naked and muddy, just, like, climbing out of some <laughs> gro- gross stream by that inn. 
I was just thinking of the graphic novel. He's just standing there naked in money while Dunk is like, hey, can you take care of my horse? Great, thanks. <laughs> I feel there's a lot of that going on. Like, just assuming, here, take my horse. Like, you don't know if I'm going to steal it. Like, nobody, like, show, show me your paper. Show me your credentials. Like, there's none of that. Everybody's mistaking somebody for somebody else in these stories. Well, yeah, there's also when uh, Dunk... Uh, leaves the horses by the trees he hobbles them and like goes off to do his errands before egg shows up again and i'm like well you're just gonna leave your nice horses there in the woods someone's gonna take those yeah this is this is like you know before you know things go bad and like there's robbers on the streets apparently before the neighborhood got got rough you know <laughs> yeah exactly Oh, just like, I'm like, what is everybody doing? Everybody's so like, um, I don't know, just gull- gullible, but just uh, presumptuous of people's like positions and what their jobs are in this stupid story. Speaking of good people, I would just raise Baylor. But I think this all comes back to how the story is really idealistic. Like, it's really just an idealized version of Westeros before we start seeing the really horrible people. Yeah, there's horrible people in it. But from Dunk's point of view, everything seems really great. And so, yeah, Arlen could have fall, like flaws, but we wouldn't know because that's from Dunk's point of view, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. And I would also say that Baylor is a great example of there's this gap between when the Targaryens lost their dragons and when they are taken out in Robert's Rebellion. Uh, and I, I always wondered, why weren't they taken out earlier? And it's probably because they, there, was, there were some good Targs that were beloved by the people. Yeah, because even Baylor's dad is well-liked, right? Yeah. Darian the Good? Yeah. But I also think it's just like people like genuinely just, you know, traditions, you know, that he's been around for so long money in the armies, too. Yeah, I think I think that plays a big role. Like, you know, kind of like how Ned Stark, like inspires loyalty in his men, how the Starks did for so many centuries. I mean, I'm sure it's the same thing with the Targs. Like, even if like you don't like what they're doing, they're still your royal family. And there's this like mindset that you still have to respect them, even though they may be assholes sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it too, a factor. In addition to the fact that there's been some like great kings, right? Well, speaking of assholes, I guess we could talk about the Fossaways. Stefan's <laughs> Fossaway. Green, it's definitely better. <laughs> yeah, the red. The, this is the beginning of the red and uh, green apple Fossaway split between Stefan. Which I'm, yeah, I'm just so glad that we got this origin story here because I always wondered why there were red apple Fossaways and green apple Fossaways. And now we know because one wasn't yes. right. <laughs> yeah. And one was an asshole. And one was an asshole. Yeah, I, I said the uh, in our notes that the wiki um, states that there's no known motto for the Fossaways. Uh, but I think that we do know what their motto is because Raymond says when he chooses green that it's better than being rotten. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because Stefan was always saying that he wasn't ripe yet. So. Stefan was an asshole. He's like, oh, you're not a knight. What are you? What are you doing here, Raymond? Yes, yeah, yeah. was an asshole. I don't think he was as terribly malignant as as maybe some people think he is. Like, yes, he he lied, but he kind of is just like one of those arrogant, you know, rich kids, you know, that just talks to anybody and then uses it as a way to make themselves feel more important. You know, he's like he's like the mean boy of Westeros. Oh yeah, he's not like a evil. Like he's not like a Joffrey evil or whatever. Right. But yeah, he's just a yeah. He's like a mean guy. Yeah, he's a mean girl. <laughs> yeah, mean girl. 
And he went back on his word, so I can't forgive him for yeah, that. Yeah, that upset me a lot. I'm like, what are you doing, Stefan? Like, no. <laughs> You're supposed to fight for Zong. You're such an asshole. Like, I understand him, but, you know. And the way he revealed that, do you think he did that because he was kind of ashamed or was he just sort of like, ha ha ha, and then he just kind of I think he off. was, ash- I think he was like, was part ashamed and, you know, part like gloating. He like, he wants a lordship. Like he, yeah. you know, I can't blame him. You know, he's ambitious and, you know, looking at the odds of the King's Guard is on like three of the King's Guard are on one side. Like, <laughs> who am I, who am I going to choose? Like, yeah, like, and it's about and these like weird, like battle to the death things they have and like. 100 years ago in Westeros, so that's like, okay. I know. That whole Trial of Seven thing is bizarre to me because I can't imagine that you would have all these guys who are there partying who are who are mainly competing against each other in a non-lethal way. Like, I know they can die in an accident, but they're not aiming to kill each other. And then suddenly they're all like, yeah, let's just kill each other. That's fine. I'll just do that this afternoon. See, I wonder when was I, I? I checked to see when the last war was. It's about like twelve years ago. So maybe it was like some of them were just like hungry for some action, you know? Some violence. Yeah, some violence. It's not like like for fun. Like they're like you know like like I don't know warmongers. A lot of them. Maybe they just want something out of it. That's how I interpreted it. But also like you know who wouldn't want to like beat up the prince. You know, <laughs> use the only opportunity to like get to smack around a prince or kill a prince and get your name to go down in history. So even if you do die, you're going to be in some white book or some history book, you know. So I think well, that you can yeah. legitimately joust against one and not let him win. Right. That's or is that really not allowed? But that's not as historic as a trial by seven. Yeah, this hasn't happened in what was it, a hundred years or something? Yeah, so it's like a big, years. big deal, you know? So I'm sure like a lot of them were doing it out of uh, you know, put put my name in the record books. And, you know, some of them wanted their revenge. They were made to look like an well, ass. Let's, <laughs> let's back up just a second. So what happens is that Dunk Dunk says, Okay, well, I don't want you to give me a trial and cut off my hands and feet because I punched and kicked Arian. So let's do this trial by seven thing. And uh he doesn't invoke a trial by seven, um, Arian does, right? Yeah. So Dunk has to find seven people and Arian does it because he thinks that Dunk won't be able to find seven people and then he won't have to fight, I guess. So but because Stefan actually talked to him and Raymond then started talking to him, he has these friends in the Fossilways. And then between the Fossilways and Egg, he does manage to get seven knights to help him out, including Darian. Darren, however you say his name. How do you say it? Darian. Darian? Yeah. There's so many Ian noises. <laughs> like Darren, Damon, Darian. It's all it's like watching uh vampire diaries. So they all do agree to be the seven for him while he's fighting against uh who is it? Arian, three of the King's Guard, Stefan Fossaway, and there's another Targ in there. Oh, make Maker Darren and Yeah. Darren's actually with Arian. Darren, well, who? No, oh, Baylor. I'm thinking. Baylor. Yeah, Baylor. Sorry, yeah. Baylor is on. <laughs> no, but Darian, Darian's on his side. Like he's just, I'm just gonna fall in the mud, and and because everybody, that's what I, what I do all the time anyway. So nobody's gonna think anything <laughs> of me. So like Darian's fighting for his on his brother's side, but he's not really because he he knows his right. brother's an asshole. So he's, I'm just gonna fall face first in the mud, and <laughs> you know, I'm like my like my normal self. It's not out of the right. ordinary for me to just like. Well, Dar- Darian's kind of interesting because he's like. You know, he's a shitty drunk with like no ambition, 
But he's also kind of a decent guy because he agrees to fall on his face in the mud and make a fool of himself and not actually try to fight. <laughs> he, that says that his name is his nickname is Darian the Drunken. <laughs> you know how he dies? Did you read this? He got an STD from a whore. Like he got the pox from a whore and he died that way. Oh, poor dear. <laughs> this is something we'll maybe talk about later in the podcast about how all these like Targaryens died. It's ridiculous. Like there's some ridiculous ways, and that's one of them. Right. So this is this is their their system where everyone's having a great time at this tourney and everyone's winning accolades and, and doing really well. And then it's interrupted by this trial and they decide that instead of continuing, they will help fight to the death against their princes and and possibly die. For really no stupid ass reason. Well, I think it's a, a factor of I think I don't think it's that stupid because everybody's they idealize like what is a knight? You know this like what is a true knight? A true knight defends the weak. So so let's backtrack a little. Like the whole situation was that Arian was being a, a douchebag and he was like he beat up this puppy like he when he broke her her fingers because right, yeah. it was mo- supposedly mocking the Targaryens and that was looked at as treason. So he was defending her honor. Um, uh, Sir Duncan and that's why he was like put in prison and that's why this whole trial is even happening so I think that's a big part of it too like are you men are you going to really like stand up and defend the weak or are you going to be like defending this asshole right I think that's true it's it's not stupid to dunk (laughs) (laughs) well and I think I mean I'm not sure about this but are any of the people in dunk's group heirs like they're just it seems are they actually going to inherit anything are they going to become lords Aside from, like, the prince, of course. Right. But it's like, how are they going to get their name in history? This is the way to do it, especially if they think they could actually win. Well, I feel like Sir Humphrey Harding was doing very well at that tourney before and he was mortally wounded. And uh, yeah. the, the Baratheon dude who's, like, Robert, he reminded me so much the of Rob. Storm. Yeah, so yeah. I figured he's like, oh, I just, like, my, you know, he's not ambitious, but he's looking for a good time. He likes competition. So I think that was a big deal, too. Yeah, no, the laughing storm is hilarious because he's described as fighting, as, as laughing the entire time he fights someone. Like somebody challenges him and he just starts laughing and he's getting up on his horse and he's still laughing. Oh my gosh. His, yeah. The graphic novel is hilarious. Yeah, the graphic novel is just like, ha, ha, ha. And there's this, like, this one like guy with a helmet with like a swan on it and he like knocks the swan off the guy's head and it just goes flying into the crowd and the small folk are going wild and he's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, it's his favorite <laughs> the, sm- part. the small folk love him because he takes the expensive pieces of people's helmets and throws them to the crowd. And so nobody with any like extra stuff on their helmet was challenging him because they were pissed that he was doing that. Yeah, he's like a showman. And that's probably a factor too. He's like, you know, I'm going to give them a show. This is like the only opportunity for me to beat up the king's guard. You know, yeah, he reminded me so much of Robert. It was ridiculous. I'm like, is that you under there? Yeah, I think he probably meant to remind people of Robert. Yeah, like even his helmet. I'm like, I'm getting some like, like Rhaegar and Robert feels from this right now. Where are the rubies? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I feel like that tourney was coming down to the Laughing Storm versus Sir Humphrey Harding. I feel like those were the two to beat when Dunk was assessing who he was going to challenge on the third day before he decided to defend the honor of a puppeteer and beat up a prince of the realm. But didn't Sir Humphrey Harding break his leg? Or is that the other Humphrey? Humphrey of Beesbury, I think, is the one that broke his leg. And he said, oh, it's fine as long as I can sit a horse. What a boss. (laughs) 
right? I'm like, I'm, I'm going to double I check ride horses. There's no way I could get it's one of the Humphreys, but there's no way I could get on a horse and stay on it if one of my legs was broken in two places. I mean, these guys, oh, no, it was Harding that broke his leg. Oh, okay. It was Harding. So he's, he's a boss then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they all are to an extent to feel like, Hey, I'm going to just like battle to the death with the freaking Kingsguard <laughs> and hope for the best. Like, what were they expecting? It'll be fun. It'll be fun, guys. We'll go down in history. It's fine. Let's all just yeah. die. Like, they yeah. must not have had much faith in the Kingsguard. <laughs> yeah, like, maybe they weren't, like, the best of the Kingsguard. Maybe the best were in King's Landing with the king. I don't know. Yeah. I was just, I thought it was ridiculous. I'm like, come on, guys. It's like, one, maybe. Like, all three, like, of the Kingsguard. Is the Kingsguard still down, still at seven at this point? Because I feel like that's a lot of Targaryen princes to protect with just seven guys. Yeah, they were saying there were four yeah. that were left in um, King's Landing. But there were so many Targaryens there at, like, the, the tourney. But obviously they need more because, you know, Ed can just get kidnapped randomly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or wander off. Like, well, it wasn't really... He can hire himself out. <laughs> Wait, so his brother shaved his head? Was that it? His brother shaved his head, yeah. <laughs> Because he didn't, he thought he was too, he was too uh, recognizable. So he drunkenly shaved his head. <laughs> he looks like a, like a baby Patrick Stewart. <laughs> in the comic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except in one of the later parts in the comic, he has hair. And you're like, no, he's no. supposed to be bald. Yeah, take it off. Like, I don't want to see that blonde hair. It's like growing in and it's really ugly. Like, it looks like Justin Timberlake circa like 1999. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, he's got that ramen hair. Yeah, yeah a little bit. kind of. <laughs> so I'm like, it couldn't grow back that quickly in like an hour. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> we don't know how long Dunk was in that cell. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You know, the blood of the dragon does some crazy stuff. Maybe that's why John's hair is so long in the show. Yeah, exactly. Targs. <laughs> so, yeah, we have this archaic trial of seven and all of these knights are very willing to partake in it for glory. I guess maybe they figure it will be um, more of a, a trial to yield instead of a trial to the death. Although um, poor Sarah's Humphrey both die uh, and somebody else is knocked unconscious. So that's. That's a pretty bad outcome, I think, for those poor guys that said that they would fight for a guy they'd never met. <laughs> um, I feel really bad for them. Well, uh, and and the prince. Yeah, and the prince. Well, okay, we're gonna get there. I know. I'm just saying. We're gonna get there. Um, so what I was gonna say is that this is such a strange sort of outcome, and you were touching on this, Megan and Jess, that. These guys haven't seen a war in like 15 years, so they were just kind of raring for some violence. And to me, there's so much violence happening already at these tourneys, especially if you look at what happened with Raymond and Stefan Fossaway. And that had nothing um, really to do beyond their own sort of relationship with them, you know, with each other and then using the tourney as an excuse. But why aren't there like more like major wars that come out of tourneys? It feels like tourneys are this great thing that everybody celebrates and they're huge, huge displays of wealth. Um why, uh, I feel like there'd be a war every time there was a tourney. I mean, even this one didn't lead to a war. It just has a little fight. And then, people and then we get a whole new house. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, the green fossilies, I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, I figured in other ones, maybe people are just drunk and having fun. And then at the end, it's done and people move on. Well, that one guy. Okay, so you do have to ransom off your horse and armor. That's the rule. Yeah. You lose. Which was really harsh for this tourney. Yeah. And then 
the uh, Aryan killed that one guy's horse. Yeah. Just stabbed him right through the neck. That, I mean, I guess he's a prince, so what are you going to do? Like, go up and, like, smack and take your glove and smack the uh, Targaryen <laughs> prince on the face and be like, let's duel, bitch. But what if that had just been, like, the laughing storm that did that to, like, you know, Humphrey Beesbury? Like, what if they started this big giant fight? I mean, couldn't it be similar to what happened between Willis and Oberyn in that one tourney where Willis hurt his leg? Like, it's just that the houses don't like each other, but, I mean, they're not going to go to war over it, probably. It's just that they'll just continue to fight each other and not get along. Even though, in that case, the two individuals actually involved do get along. Right, right. I guess it's just people accept the fact that things might might go wrong. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. maybe you expect things to go wrong. Hey, if you're entering into these things, you could potentially, you know, your horse can potentially die and... You may get your legs broken, but I guess the enticement of, like, the glory of it all is too much. And even, like, the money that comes out of it, too, and the fame, like, maybe that's why. Like, it's part of the whole culture, you know, of the tor- tourneys. So they kind of let it slide, maybe. Like, this stuff happens here. Right, right. Yeah. Boys will be boys, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> I know, I think Megan put a really great, uh, Let's. I'm going to move us on a little bit, but I think Megan put this really amazing uh, point in our notes. But this story takes place in summer. And does that have anything to do symbolically with the fact that we're at the height of, not the height, but we're still at a high point in Targaryen power. There are a lot of Targaryens running around like, the Blackfire rebellions are over. The house is still strong. They think that they're going to continue to rule for you know another five hundred years. Um, but we don't get a lot of stories set in the winter. Why is that? Do you guys think that it's symbolic, or is it just George being lazy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think part of it could be a geography thing, as I think Jess pointed out. I'm not sure that Ashford would even get all that cold in winter. Mm-hmm. And I th- I'm trying to remember, and the other stories too I, that we've seen so far. I don't geographically. I'm not sure they take place in places where we would actually see a harsh winter. Maybe when we get to the story, they'll eventually be in the north. It would be snow, but I mean, part of it could just be that. Yeah, it is supposed to be kind of the calm-ish before the storm, which is Robert's Rebellion, and then we're getting into the long night. So, I think the tourney culture is like of the South too. And that's maybe why, you know, it's kind of like that, that kind of stuff, those like threats of like, you know, not like there being like starvation or being really serious and right. having to prepare for any winter that doesn't exist in their world. So they have time and resources to just spend on like these like lavish, like fun events, whereas people maybe in the North or somewhere where there's like harsher conditions, maybe don't have the time or the resources to spend on these things. And also in the North, they don't have nights either. So I think, I think what you're saying, the geography is a factor, but it's interesting what you guys were saying about like the calm before the storm because I did not pick up on that at all when I was reading it, but I could definitely see it. Yeah, everyone seems really happy, but I think Dunk makes a comment when he's burying Sarah Arlen, like, you know, that it was nice that the old knight had gotten to see one last spring before he died. So presumably they have just finished with a winter. And yeah. we know that winters can last anywhere from five to a hundred years in Westeros. So it was probably a shorter one. <laughs> and maybe winters just aren't so bad right now. And so people feel like when it is summer, they can afford to use up all their resources to, for all these tourneys. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think Jess's point about the fact that that is more of a Southern thing too, where mm-hmm. 
you know, they do have nights and they don't really worry. They don't seem to worry about winter at all in the South, whereas in the North they do. And so they wouldn't really right, have but it. I don't know. They have to, they have to be worrying about it at some point. I mean, if you have a winter that's 25 or 30 years long, which has happened because yeah. old man talks about it, then people in the South are going to be affected by that eventually. Like that, that weather's going to creep. No, I agree with you, and they should worry about it. But even in the books, like when you think of A Song of Ice and Fire, they don't really seem to be worrying about it at all. No, I feel like it's been a very long time since the South has seen a real winter. They're only seeing yeah. mild, uh, short winters. Which is why they're totally screwed <laughs> when the long night comes. Yeah. Well, this tourney culture, I think, is still, still present in the minds of the Southern houses that are ruling in the current books. Like Renly's camp was all over that. Yeah. And even even in King's Landing, they were all over it. Think of the tourney for Ned. Well, the Starks are so frustrated. They've been up there for like 300 years saying winter is coming and winter never actually comes for everybody else. <laughs> so it's just like meaningless words. <laughs> Those crazy Starks. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Rachel, they are not meaningless. What else do we have to talk about? Dunk isn't stupid. Dunk yeah. isn't stupid. Tell he me thinks, why Dunk isn't stupid, well, Megan, because I think, totally agree. <laughs> he obviously thinks he's stupid because of how people talk to him and his own insecurities, but he's not. Like, when you actually, like, he doesn't really do anything stupid. Yeah, interfering when the prince was hurting Tansel. Okay, maybe that was maybe not smart, but it was honorable. So, yeah, he might do things like that, but he's not stupid. And I think as readers, we are supposed to realize that he's not stupid. It's just his own personality that makes him think he's stupid because he's insecure about his upbringing and everything but i just want to say he's not stupid he's just maybe yeah, a like little he, naive but i think duncan's just completely just as smart as everyone else i mean if you look at only his dialogue and take away what he thinks to himself he com- he comes off as a really reasonable smart kind of savvy guy especially when he's negotiating uh with makor at the end yeah i agree because he's he 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 talks to princes and says the truth. He doesn't bullshit them. I think he does a very good job with uh, the royalty that he talks to. Yeah, he he's like a he's like a Targaryen whisperer. <laughs> Targaryen oh whisperer. <laughs> they all like him. Like, do any of them not like him? Arian. Uh, yeah. Rightfully. <laughs> okay, Arian thinks he's a dragon in a human body. He's just he's special. And now, uh, Valhar, what's his name? He didn't seem too too cool with Dunk. I mean, but the end of it. understandably so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think his issue is more due to the fact that his dad died because of this other person. Not just his dad, like the heir apparent. Like, yeah, when, who was a like, good when, person? <laughs> in what world was it okay to say, "Hey, like the crown prince, yeah, you can go fight in this like <laughs> battle to the death. It's okay." <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you do that it's fine yeah right they're just they could totally die and they're in their heirs but you know we got a lot of targs so it's fine yeah that totally family has a lot but i just wanted to point out something that i think jess pointed out where she thinks um dunk reminds her of like bran and john and sansa where and i was just like yes totally and maybe that's why i like dunk so much because i like all three of those other characters as well <laughs> And Brienne, too. Like, definitely Brienne. But I think it's also, like, he's only experienced, like, Sir Arlen, you know? Like, that's his worldview into knights, so he doesn't know any 
any better and you know so I think that plays a huge factor in like yeah. his his worldview yeah you know hanging out with know any better like all these like flashy like arrogant knights that's not his view of knights at all because he's only ever interacted with Sir Arlen and you know and I had had to play politics or even be around like people like Targaryens it's like the first time he's actually around people who are highborn and that's why he thinks he's dumb because he doesn't know how to behave around them or or recognize it's not his fault he doesn't like easily recognize that they're the prince you know so he's not dumb yeah. he's just like you know inexperienced in this sort of realm i guess yeah totally he doesn't have like highborn manners but that makes sense he certainly knows how to talk to princes in a way that they understand and appreciate mm-hmm. yeah he- he, when he's negotiate well I don't know he's not negotiating but when he's he's uh, offering his opinion to to Makor at the end when he says when he says yes you can be um, you know egg can squire for you but I want you to do it at summer hall and then kind of very diplomatically lets him know that that's not the best path for egg and you know Makor's a proud man so he can't admit that but he he allows it to happen. Can we just talk about that real quick? So, like, yeah. he says that why do you... Was it because of Darian's, like, prophecy? Was that a factor at all into it? Because, you know, Darian... Is, this is in the other, in the short story, where Darian has his prophecy, like, there's something bad's going to happen at Summerhall. You're going to fight a dragon, or there's a dragon that's slain next to you. And then he's like, did I kill it? He's like, I don't know. I, I don't know that. I don't think he knows it's at Summerhall. All he says is, I dreamed of you. I dreamed that you fought, that you and a dragon... Uh, a dragon fell on you and the dragon was dead but you live i think he i think he does know it's summer hall i don't i'm i had i don't remember but i think that was like i was wondering if that was a factor too like maybe like the dragon is supposed to be like an egg that's how i interpreted it there's a dead dragon near you so we don't think that the dragon he saw was was balor oh no i thought it was egg because i I always thought it was was balor Oh. I always thought it was Baylor because the dragon was dead. But he didn't. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I interpreted it as like it was um, egg. I had to look at the panel again. I'm like flipping through this to get to like it's like a beautiful like shot of this like red dragon. It could be Baylor. Yeah, because Baylor's yeah. helmet had a red dragon on it. Well, maybe. I mean, it, borrowed it from. In theory, it could be both. We don't know exactly what ha- what's going to happen at Summer Hall. But yeah, I'm. True. Yeah, I don't think that's the reason why Dunk doesn't want to go to summer hall though because i don't think he knows that that's not the life he understands i don't think he's yeah he wants to live he wants to live in like a lord's he well he his dream before he suddenly decided he wanted to travel all over the world with egg was to gain a position in a lord's house and uh, you know gain a seat above salt mm-hmm. but i don't think he meant like summer hall like that's way higher than his ambitions were leading him to yeah i i thought you can also interpret it as like he wants egg to like see the realm and not like maybe be influenced by like like politics he sees like i don't know like yeah. see yeah. The, the real westeros i thought that was like a like see real struggle see like how real people live and then you'll be like a better more informed king mm-hmm. or prince i think that's definitely it too because i think he recognizes that egg not going He'll still be a prince if he's in Summer Hall. He's not actually going to really learn how to be a good person necessarily. Yeah, I mean, this is all related to Dunk sort of, push, you know, passing it forward, right? Like he he sees something of himself in Egg the same way that Sarah Arlen, you know, did for him. And you do what you know, and he doesn't 
he doesn't know summer hall and he's had like a what a a two-day crash course in targaryen crap <laughs> he's like he's over it already you know it's like the feuding princes the feuding brothers the sops the drunks the cruelty like he's not into it yeah he Before isn't Baylor getting murdered by his brother on accident <laughs> quote. Yeah, quote on X. That was that was a great like shot like in the, the graphic novel. He pulls off the helm and everybody's reaction's like, Oh my god, his skull is missing. So just, not like, nearly as ground. bloody as I thought it would be. Yeah, I was like ready for like something really like grotesque and he like just like collapses on the floor. I'm like, you should have kept it on, like, you know, Robert Strong style. Just kept the helmet on forever. <laughs> just be... keep it on. Never take it off. I'm cool. I'm cool. Never take it off, just eat through a straw. Like <laughs> <laughs> and only a very little piece of his skull fell out in the graphic novel. Yeah, it was a good tiny enough piece. to kill you if you have a chunk of your head missing. <laughs> but why did his brother aim for his head for? Right? That's why I said quote unquote. Yeah, and then um, Mako eventually becomes does he Mako become king? Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. he becomes yeah. king. Yeah. Because it has to pass to him for Egg to be king. Yeah. And the other ones had died. I was reading about that, like looking at all the brothers, and like one died from choking on like a lamprey pie. I'm like, oh my god, Rigo! <laughs> like the way yeah. the way some of these targs die is like ridiculous. I'm like, this is why Aegon was the unlikely. <laughs> Nobody expected right. a Targaryen, the dragon, to choke on a pie, like, <laughs> or die of an STD. Like this is we love <laughs> pie. Okay, the pie is the best way to go. Pie, die, death by pie. Death by pie. <laughs> Uh, no, I think I think that there is something to say to that because, you know, everybody's like, oh, it was an accident. And Maycord's like, yeah, I guess it was one of mine, but I, I don't remember dealing the blow. But before he dies, Balon's like, yeah, that's definitely, oh, I got hit in the head by my brother. Because it wasn't the King's Guard, because the King's Guard wouldn't, they, had a, they can't, like, they're sworn to protect the royal family. Right, they wouldn't aim for his head. And Darian was, like, drunk somewhere, like, or pretending to be drunk, knocked out. So He got, he got ran over by a horse. Yeah. His own horse. <laughs> his own horse stepped on him because he was Aww. laying insensate in the mud. Oh, my God. Darian's probably one of my favorite characters in this whole story. Yeah, I like him a lot, too. He just says, like, he just comes out of nowhere and says crazy shit and just, like, leaves. And he's like, I'll, I'll, get, just, I'll just lay here. I'll be right here. I'll be over here. Well, he's so let's talk about him a little bit. He's he says that I dreamed of you. And so he he clearly dreamed one of those Targaryen prophecies that we're familiar with from the Danny storylines that something something about a dra you know, something about the Targaryens and Dunk Dunk's relationship with them is really important. And we think it might be the uh, you know prophecy about Baylor could be something else. Um, but so that what he's either a green seer or the Targaryens themselves have this actual line of people who are vision have visions who I mean I don't know do we think it's a green sight or if it's something dragony I hope it's dragony it'd be cool if like that's something like inherent to the targs that, you know I don't know I, I interpret green seers as like with the north I guess yeah well I think that the green seers often have visions about other people the Targs only have visions about themselves. <laughs> yeah, so, so maybe. Yeah, because the only reason yeah. why I think Blood Raven is a green seer, because he's a green seer, right? Is yeah. just because of his other blood. It's not the Targ blood. I assume right. that right. Darian and... The bastard Yeah, blood. I assume Darian are they and more, Danny is more related. Are they Martells? Who? 
Brendan uh, Rivers? No, oh, wait, man, no. no, uh, Darian Targaryen. Like, who's the mom? Uh, hold on. Let oh, me yeah. On my handy dandy Targaryen link. He is. He's part Martell. Oh, so that would explain it. I'm pretty so. sure he is. Maybe. Because that's why. So we think that it's not. We don't think it's a Targaryen gift. We think they're getting it from elsewhere. Well, maybe it's a combination of the two. A combination of the two? Yeah, like maybe. a combination of like being a green seer, like from like maybe like another family member and like maybe this like Targ thing that like Danny has. Yeah, the, the mother is maybe. Un- the mother is unknown, but the grandmother is a Martell. So the famous Martell of the Blackfire Rebellion Martells. So I well, let's go back. We can go um so Egg does have this brother that we all know that is mentioned a couple times. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and his name is Eamon, and he's off being useless. <laughs> no, oh my god, no, you have to, I'll read the whole thing. They said, okay. the third son was so unpromising, they gave him to the Citadel to make a maester of him. <laughs> poor Eamon. Oh, I don't know, I don't know if it's poor Eamon, all these Targaryens dying in these, like, these battles That's true, he lived longer than all of them. <laughs> He did. He did. Exactly. It seems like Eamon and Egg were, you know, they're they're the closest in age, I think. But they they really like genuinely liked each other. Yeah. I mean, there's quotes in the later story, so I won't give them now. But yeah, there's some really cute ones later. Yeah. And so Darren's the oldest. He and he's the drunk. And then there's <laughs> Arian, the crazy one. And then Eamon, who's off t- to be a maester. And then Egg, who shaved his head. And then they have two sisters that no one cares about. Yeah. I just love that they think he's unpromising. I'm like, what? He's like the smartest out of all of them. Well, I mentioned this in the show notes. We were we were discussing like why do why do all these guys like join up in these battles? And it's kind of like, well, that's not valued by them, you know. Prowess on the battlefield, like being yeah. good at tournaments, you know. So a, a guy like Eamon, yeah, you're smart, big deal, you know. You're useless to us, you know. Mm-hmm. We don't so do that book, book learning. Yeah. Well, it seems like Makor is just kind of a dick, and he He's wanted ready, like yeah. he wanted his sons to just sort of be little clones of himself, and none of them seem to be, except Arian's crazy. So, <laughs> like maybe Arian's closest, but Arian's also like really, really like legitly crazy. Like he's got that Targaryen madness in him. Yeah. Do you think-, think I was I was saying that Darian might might be a drunk because he has these visions? It might be his way of dealing with it. That's, That's what a I possibility. was wondering too. Yeah. Kind of like Professor Xavier in X the X and the just yeah. came out. Yeah, take yes, take the like drugs. Days of future past. Yeah. yeah. So now our head canon for Darren is James McAvoy. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. He looks like he looks like Nikolai in this picture in the graphic novel. <laughs> he looks like Jamie Lannister. Nice. They all do. Well, I think it's funny how the hair, like there's a lot of uh, text spent describing the various hair of all the Targaryens. And some of them have the the silver hair and some of them have brown hair and some of them have brown hair with silver streaks because (laughs) George doesn't understand how genetics work. It's all ludicrous. (laughs) Ludicrous silver hair. Like you know, yeah. like when you breed, when you breed, and this this is me getting a little crude, but you know how when you breed like a like dogs together, and you get like like if you breed like 
yeah i don't know like a, a shetland and a dalmatian together will have spots it's like that's not really how how like humans mix like we don't we like we don't like oh you a person with brown hair and, and blonde hair have a baby their hair isn't like striped brown and blonde <laughs> but somehow when you're a targaryen that's how it's gonna that's how you're gonna be well i was gonna say they're not like like you know they're the they're the dragons they're not like everybody else they're special right, right. They're special. They're not really human. Yeah, they're above everybody else. So let's talk about how Dunk fights in in this trial by seven because we're we're not talking about it and and we get to see the beginnings of how Dunk doesn't really ever give up. So he's versing Arian and Arian's kind of kicking his butt, and then Dunk kind of like goes a little street on him. Yeah, he's scrappy. Yeah, and, and just and just flips him over and starts beating him on the, 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 over and over with again. the shield. And it says to but himself, he doesn't kill him. No, but he wanted to to rip off his helmet and pop his eyes like grapes. Yeah, he says that his, to himself. His purple is, eyes. <laughs> yeah, his purple eyes. So that's very much like, and you said this in our notes that it's very much like uh, um, the mountain, right? And Oberyn. <laughs> and Oberyn, yeah. Where he, it's like, oh, I'm. Go- I really want to smush his eyes, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> And so I hashtagged that not all tall people. All tall people. <laughs> like not all tall people will beat you up and smash your eyes with their fingers. <laughs> Some of them can control themselves. So. But this is the battle uh, where the the shield gets uh right gets that uh, yeah the shield gets fucked up. All I was thinking of was Katie's um shield from Comic Con. I'm <laughs> like, oh, she had to like stab it. Yeah, is that to get the thing? I feel really bad because you know he pays, so he pays that girl that he saves to paint his shield, and she does such a great job, and he's like really admiring it, and um, and then like immediately his shield is destroyed, just I know (laughs) immediately, and thrown away, (laughs) and then he doesn't know where she is. Yeah, and so and she's left because she's smart, and they they got the heck out of Dodge, and so now. At the end, when he has been given stewardship of Egg and Maycor's letting them wander the earth, because <laughs> that's what you do with Targaryen princes, they decide that they're going to go to Dorne. And we know it's because Duncan thinks there's tall girls in Dorne. <laughs> and we can only hope that he finds her. I, yeah, I hope so. Or at least a tall girl in Dorne. <laughs> yeah, a tall girl somewhere. Maybe one in Winterfell. <laughs> I'm just like, well, if we ever get that story, I, that's what I was saying. I was like, when are we getting that story? That was supposed to come out like 10 years ago. So, this actually goes back to my, our theory that Hodor is actually a descendant of Dunk because eventually we know that Dunk makes his way to the north. We haven't gotten that story yet, but George has promised it to us. Um, and so, has he promised it? <laughs> He did. He promised it at the um at that uh when he did the the interview for his book for the encyclopedia. Oh, okay. He said that the reason that he took so long to work on it was because he's also working on another Dunkin' Egg and that we're getting them soon. Oh, yay. Presumably it is the the story of Dunkin' Egg traveling north to see the wall. Yay. Uh but yeah, so I think that Hodor is could very well be his descendant. Or Brienne. 
Can that be possible? Rhiannon at all? I don't I don't know. I'd have to map that. I, I feel like Tarth is a long way from but he did travel all over. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe <laughs> just stuff about Dunk we don't know. <laughs> I mean, the opening of the graphic novel does have him like lying around lounging naked after he would like took a bath in the in the like the lake. So I don't know. Maybe they were getting uh, hashtag, somewhere. Hashtag all tall people <laughs> They're all related to him. They're all related to Dunk. All the tall people, they're all they're all descended from Dunk. But isn't this also based on the vision Bran has in the Dance of Dragons? By Where, yeah, often? the kissing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to get it. So eventually, I guess we will cover that story. But first, we have to get to the other two. Anything else that we want to go over for the Hedge Knight? What's your favorite part? Oh, God. I got uh, Darian. Darian's Darian. just like whole personality and just his being Batman-ing a drunk. And his Batmaning. Yeah, out just drunken idiot. Like, yeah. yeah. We didn't talk about the bear and the maiden fair. Oh, the only song in Westeros, you mean, for hundreds and hundreds of years? <laughs> that's because of, that's because the reigns of Castamere are still a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. At this time right. in the story. Give it a few decades, guys. Um. I was just gonna say my favorite part was Baylor. Oh, of course, of course, that's your favorite part because you love uh, a lost. And yeah. what, what do you mean? What is that supposed to mean? <laughs> he started out as a nice guy in the story, so you know he's doomed. Yeah, I know, but hey, I still really liked him. Well, you, I mean, we should have predicted that because we know, like, like, we know what happens. Like Aegon becomes king, so we can predict like who in the story is going to die. It's like everybody's a walking spoiler. Well, it's not about that. I mean, I, I know, I know. Be, there might be people out there who read who read these no, the novellas first before anything else, and God help them. But I think that they're meant to just kind of give us a, a place to stand in history to look at to understand how how the you know the story opens in in Game of Thrones. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I what I my favorite part is learn is is uh Dunk's comment that he he wants to know if his foot is worth the life of a prince. I really like that line cuz I yeah. think it's really sassy of him to say to Makor. I actually really like that line too and I'm curious to see if his foot is worth the life of a prince. Well, we know it is. We know it is. But uh, yeah, where's the specific point where his foot is like <laughs> the center of the story where his foot matters? Well, I do like all the foreshadowing in it too. Like you know that like he's gonna be like they just say things like, "Oh, I'm gonna be in a castle one day. I want to do great things," you know, mm-hmm. throughout the story. And like I said, the dynamic between him and Egg is probably like one of my favorite relationships in all the books mm-hmm. that we've read. You know, it's like two decent people just hanging out and having a yeah. It's, 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 it's just fun. Nice. Yeah, it's nice to think that there are people out there who had like a legit good time. In Westeros. Yeah. So I do have to say, for the future podcast on Duncan Egg, I'm looking forward to discussing Blood Raven and the Blackfires. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The Blackfire Rebellion is it's really funny because I'm trying to like wrap my head around that because there's a lot of names and a lot of people who are shot in a very specific order. <laughs> so and a lot of different rebellions too, right? Yeah, like three or four, I think, in total. And they're all Blackfire Rebellion. Yeah, you gotta calm down these these bastards. <laughs> yeah, and then, but that that it's a really great because we can we'll talk about how that all connects with how everything's set up in Essos for Danny since that's actually really important. 
But thank you for podcasting with me in in the blizzard. Yes, with Juno, the snowpocalypse. The snowpocalypse. <laughs> Juno, the mother of all storms. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just imagine like pregnant Ellen Page. I'm sorry, like like Elsa. She lost control. It was a calm down, Elsa, when I walked out of work today. <laughs> calm down. I didn't get to leave work until later in the day, and it was after I was, like, looking at, like, horrible pictures on social media of, like, Penn Station. Somebody said that it looked like the scene in I Am Legend where they're all trying to get to the helicopters. Oh, my God. The, the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn. It was like, I'm going to end up walking home. It's going to be me on the Queensboro Bridge just trudging <laughs> along in the blizzard. But keep, keep on moving. You know, this makes me, like, I was, the whole time I'm, the whole blizzard's happening, I'm thinking, this is why I would not want to be a ranger of the Night's Watch. <laughs> right no, no thank no. you no, no thank you I'll, I'll i'll be in ashford with the uh the tourneys <laughs> i'll take my chances with the seven Don't on be seven puppeteer. you'll be fine all right well i would like to take us out on a toast to duncan the tall sarah duncan the tall instead of john snow since he's not alive yet what <laughs> so to sir duncan the tall <laughs> may your foot be worth the life of a prince <laughs> bye guys thank bye, you bye everybody bye and so he broke that sacred oath that lord of the crossing and now the pie crusts cover his skin and they're so good to eat yes now the pie crusts cover his skin revenge it tastes so sweet Damn frickin' Juno. Damn you. <laughs>